Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, inventor of my pillow, here to tell you about my Giza Dream bed sheets. I made sure that they would be everything you'd ever want in a sheet set. I started with the world's finest cotton called Giza. It's only grown in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all meet. The long staple cotton makes my Giza Dream sheets ultra soft and durable. They come with extra wide pillowcases to fit over any pillow and extra deep pockets to fit over any mattress. Not only that, they come with my 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. And now you can get the best sheets ever for the best price ever. When you buy one of my Giza Dream bed sheet sets, you'll get another one absolutely free. I personally guarantee that they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the Radio Listener Specials for the buy one, get one free offer on Giza Sheets. All you got to do, Renegade Nation, is enter the promo code RENEGADE or call 1-800-889-6817 for these great specials. That's 1-800-889-6817. Use the promo code RENEGADE. Please be aware, the stories, theories, reenactments, and language in this podcast are of an adult nature and can be considered disturbing, frightening, and in some cases, even offensive. Listener discretion is therefore advised. Welcome, heathens. Welcome to the world of the weird and unexplained. I am your host, Nicole Delacroix, and together we will be investigating stories about the things that go bump in the night, frighteningly imagined creatures, supernatural beings, and even some unsolved mysteries, and, you know, all sorts of weirdness. So, sit back, grab your favorite drink, and prepare to be transported to today's dark enigma. And on today's dark enigma, well, we're jumping right into it with a listener suggestion. Well, a semi-suggestion, because all he really said was, do a story on something in New England. Okay, so I'm doing a story on something in New England, because I love it when you guys ask me to do stuff. Well, with that said, we will still be playing our drinking game. And as you know, the drinking game is only for those of us that are at home and have nowhere else to go tonight. The choice of libation, as always, my darlings, is yours. So choose your poison accordingly. All right, now for the game part. How about every time I say forest? That will be a single shot. And every time I say Massachusetts. That's going to be a double shot. All right, now that we have the business end out of the way, we can jump headfirst into today's dark enigma. So don your best northerner accent, some stylish duds, and, well, because it's colder than a witch's teat, something warm as we dive into today's story, The Mysterious Cursed Forests of Massachusetts. That's a lot of S's going on there. Phew. Anyways, there seem to be places in this world to which strangeness just seems to gravitate. Whether it's their geography, topography, or some unexplained, inexplicable, unseen force, these locations possess what can only be described as a certain disconnect from the reality as we know it. 
They are imbued with some sort of undercurrent of mystery, strangeness, and sometimes even terror. Certainly an area that fits the bill as one of the most singularly bizarre locations on the planet is Freetown Fall River State Forest, Massachusetts. A place so saturated in the bizarre and unexplained that it has become almost the very definition of the term haunted forest. Freetown Fall River State Forest, usually referred to as just Freetown State Forest, is a large swath of forested land located, as you could assume, at Freetown and Fall River, Massachusetts with the bulk of the forest passing through the center of the town of Freetown. The forest currently covers approximately 5,400 acres and has around 50 miles of unpaved roads and trails, which are used by a large number of hikers and bicyclists in the summer and cross-country skiers and dog sledders in the winter. The forest is also popular with fishermen and hunters who come for the scenic views and abundant game hunting. The area has a history rife with friction between settlers and the native people who lived there. The whole area originally belonged to the local Pocasset Wampanoag tribe. Say that ten times fast. But over the years, much of this land was acquired from them, beginning with the 1659 purchase of Freetown, which is subsequently incorporated as a town in 1683. Over the years, more and more of the land was purchased from the tribe, much of it by greedy chiefs without proper consent from the tribe members. During the King Philip War, which raged from 1675 to 1676, the Pocasset Wampanoag tribe fought on the side of the English and was rewarded with 190 acres of land in Fall River, Massachusetts, which was at the time known as the Watupa Res- Reservation. However, in 1907, Fall River commandeered 100 acres of this land through eminent domain in order to secure the city's drinking water supply. It was not until 1939 when the state of Massachusetts returned some of the land that had been taken and the tribe was left with the current Wampanoag Reservation, which covers approximately 227 acres. Besides its beautiful, pristine, scenic beauty, outdoor activities, and its interesting history, Freetown State Forest is perhaps most well-known for its intense amount of bizarre, unexplainable phenomena. The forest sits squarely within the infamous Bridgewater Triangle, which I've already done an episode on, so you might want to go run and listen to that one real quick which is a 200-square-mile area within southeastern Massachusetts that is the epicenter of a mind-boggling array of inexplicable bizarre phenomena reported since colonial times, which includes strange creatures, Bigfoot, UFOs, ghosts, specters, ominous black helicopters, mysterious orbs of light, strange disappearances, giant snakes, poltergeist activity, and cattle mutilations, just to name a few. I'm just going to say the snakes every time. Ew. Okay. 
The exact boundaries of the Bridgewater Triangle are nebulous, but were perhaps most clearly laid out by cryptozoologist Lauren Coleman in his book, Mysterious America, The Ultimate Guide to the Nation's Weirdest Wonders, Strangest Spots, and Creepiest Creatures. And just as you know, that is a fabulous book if you haven't read it, so I'm just going to say go out, get yourself a copy. Just saying. Coleman defines the Bridgewater Triangle as being comprised of the towns of Abington, Rehoboth, and Freetown at the points of the Triangle, and Brockton, Whitman, West Bridgewater, East Bridgewater, Bridgewater, Maine, Middleborough, Dington, Berkeley, Rhinum, Norton, Easton, Lakeville, Seconk, and Taunton inside the Triangle. Within this cauldron of weird occurrences, Freetown State Forest is said to be the most active, a veritable wellspring of the weird and bizarre. When discussing the numerous cases of strange phenomena within Freetown State Forest, it's hard to even know where to start. The forest is said to be home to a race of diminutive humanoid creatures known as, wait for it, Pukwudgies. Yes, I have been looking for stories about Puckwudgies. If anybody has any information on Puckwudgies, send it to me. Send it to me now. Anyways, so these little creatures known as Puckwudgies, which have long been known by the native Wampanoag tribe. These creatures are described as being troll-like beasts around two to three feet in height and with smooth, hairy, gray skin that is said to glow on occasion. The Pukwudgies have a notorious reputation for mischief and mayhem and are said to intentionally startle people, throw rocks or sand in their faces, push or shove them, kidnap them, hurl them from cliffs, wrestle with them, or even attack them with knives or spears. The creatures are also said to be competent magic users and shapeshifters. The natives of the area have long given these creatures a wide berth, claiming that they are not to be approached or trifled with. And again, the name is awesome, Pukwudgie. Although this may seem at first glance as nothing more than spooky folklore, there are numerous visitors to the forest who have claimed to have actually seen such creatures, and the mischievous beasts have been blamed as the cause of the unusual number of people who have supposedly fallen from cliffs to their deaths in the area. Such sightings reports are not even limited to Massachusetts, with such reports coming from such far-flung locations as New Hampshire, Virginia, and even California. Because when you're a Pukwudgie, you've got to go on vacation. I'm just saying. Freetown State Forest is also littered with places that seem to be possessed of some dark power. Perhaps the most infamous of these is an 80-foot deep rock quarry known as the Assinet Ledge, or simply as the Ledge to Northerners. This area was once owned by the Fall River Granite Company and has been become associated with a range of weird phenomena. The quarry has an inordinate amount of abandoned cars left there and is the location for numerous suicides. Visitors to the ledge have reported being overcome with an urgent, unshakable sense of dread and foreboding when venturing near the quarry, and the area has been rumored to be an alleged hotspot for Satanists and strange cults as well as ghost sightings. 
There are numerous reports of people seeing ghosts jumping from the ledge only to disappear before they hit the water, or merely standing ominously at the top of the ledge. The ledge is also the site of a particularly infamous UFO sighting, allegedly made in 1974 by then-Governor Ronald Reagan. Mm-hmm. The story goes that Reagan was flying in a Cessna over the ledge with pilot Air Force Colonel Bill Pantner and two security personnel when a strange light was noticed to be tailing the plane. The light was seen to accelerate, decelerate, and become elongated all within the space of a few minutes. It then is reported to have suddenly shot up at a 45 degree angle at a high rate of speed and disappear. Reagan would go on to relate the incident to Norman C. Miller, who was at the time Washington bureau chief for the Wall Street Journal. Interesting, I know. Another site worth a look is a large granite outcropping known as Profile Rock, also sometimes called Joshua's Mountain. The rock is 50 feet high and has a striking likeness to a human face. According to the legends of the native Wampanoag people, the rock takes the image of Wampanoag chief Massasoy and is the location where the chief's son died. The tribe has long held the rock to be a sacred place and has over the years been associated with a variety of ghostly phenomena such as strange glowing, disembodied voices, orbs of light, and sinister apparitions. Indeed, haunted places come in spades in Freetown State Forest. One dark and mysterious place located within the forest is the murky Hockamock Swamp, a vast wetland which covers much of the northern part of southeastern Massachusetts, and at 16,950 acres in area, it is the largest freshwater swamp in the state. The swamp gets its name from the native Wampanoag people and means place where the spirits dwell. Believing it to be inhabited by both sinister spirits as well as more benign, helpful spirits. The swamp is a remote, treacherous morass of brush, thick, impenetrable trees and vines, marshes, muddy rivers, ponds, quicksand, thorns, and sinkholes. Early settlers to the area quickly learned of the swamp's dangers and numerous alleged ghosts prowling its darkness and called it the Devil Swamp, appropriately. The list of weirdness to be found within Hockamock Swamp encompasses everything from ghosts to UFOs to strange beasts lurking within its depths. Some of the creatures said to be spotted here are giant, pterodactyl-like creatures, giant red-eyed dogs that attack ponies, and the glowing eyes of unseen creatures hovering in the darkness. There are also numerous reports of a shaggy, ape-like creature within the swamp. One such sighting was made in 1978 by a man named Joe D'Andrade, and as he was walking near a pond called Clay Banks, he turned around just in time to see a large, apish and man-thing lumbering towards the woods. D'Andrade was terrified and reported running towards the nearby road. The sighting prompted a thorough search of the area for any signs of the beast, but none were found. 
A few years later, fur trapper John Baker saw something similar when he was out on his canoe laying muskrat traps. Baker reported hearing something crashing through the woods and then witnessed a huge, hairy creature wade into the water and pass him within a few yards. The creature was described as being wreathed with a horrific, odious stench. For those of you that aren't paying attention, skunk ape. In addition to the mysterious animals said to prowl the swamp, the area is also a hotbed of UFO sightings, and ghosts, specters, and phantoms are regularly seen in the vicinity as well. One theory for why Hockamock Swamp is so thickly laden with weird phenomena is that it happened to be the site of much of the fighting during the brutal conflict between early settlers and the native people of the region that took place in the vicinity of the swamp, with various bloody massacres and atrocities carried out by both sides there. Some say that this violent history has infused the swamp with an evil force and has made it the haunt of vengeful spirits screaming for revenge. Adding to the list of anomalous places within Freetown State Forest is an immense 40-ton boulder known as Dighton Rock, which is approximately 5 feet high, 9.5 feet wide, and 11 feet long. The boulder originally lied in the the riverbed of the Taunton River at Berkeley, Massachusetts, but has since been moved. Covering the rock are numerous and various mysterious petroglyphs, drawings of figures, geometric shapes, and alleged cryptic writing, none of which can be comprehensively identified and have unknown origins. There have been many theories as to the origins of the strange carvings upon the rock, ranging from the native peoples of the region, to ancient Norse explorers, to even the Phoenicians and the Chinese. The rock was described in 1690 by Reverend Cotton Mather, yeah, that Cotton Mather, in his book, The Wonderful Works of God, commemorated thus, and I quote, Among the other curiosities of New England, one is that of a mighty rock on a perpendicular side whereof by a river, which at high tide covers part of it, there are very deeply engraved, no man alive knows how or when, about half a score lines, near ten foot long and a foot and a half broad, filled with strange characters, which would suggest as odd thoughts about them that were here before us as there are odd shapes in that elaborate monument. End quote. In addition to strange creatures and haunted mysterious locales, Freetown State Forest also hosts its fair share of brutal murders, unsolved crimes, and alleged cult activities. The area has long been a reported haven for cultists and Satanists. The late 1970s and 1980s in particular saw a spike in sinister cult activities in the forest, with police finding various pieces of evidence that supported the existence of said activities, including an actual underground bunker that was apparently used to carry out various cult rituals and possibly even human sacrifice. One famous story comes from the 1980s when a bog worker complained of trespassers converging on his shack dressed in black robes. When the man contacted police, investigators found a large pentagram in the ground as well as a design made up of carefully placed stones. 
The pentagram was taken away and the stones dispersed, but when authorities visited the scene the following day, both the pentagram and the stone configurations were reported to be back to precisely where they had been before they had been removed. Various cattle mutilations reported from the forest, including the butchering of a cow in the woods and a group of calves found horrifically mutilated in a clearing, both from 1998, were connected to the work of satanic cults performing dark rituals in the area. Because, you know, I would have said it was my favorite, aliens. One of the most famous crimes committed in Freetown State Forest is the murder of Mary Lou Arruda in 1978. On September 8, 1978, Mary Lou Arruda was seen riding her bicycle near her home in Rhinum, Massachusetts around 4 p.m. At 4.30, the girl's bicycle was found abandoned by the side of the road with a skid mark from a car and a cigarette right beside it. Several witnesses would come forward to report that they had seen a green car with a black racing stripe speeding away from the scene at around the time the girl was thought to have gone missing, and the police were able to gain enough insight into the driver's appearance to cobble together a sketch of the suspect, which was then placed on wanted posters and plastered across the area. An intense police search was also launched into the area of Aruda's last known whereabouts, and her decomposing body was finally found on November 11, 1978, tied to a tree within Freetown State Forest. It was determined that the girl had still been alive when her beaten and battered body had been tied to the tree in a standing position, and when she had lost consciousness, the weight of her body had caused stress on her neck and ensuing asphyxia. It was determined that she had died the same day that she had gone missing. Authorities finally tracked down a man by the name of James Cater, a donut maker who owned a car matching the description, a bright green 1976 Opal with a black racing strip. He also smoked cigarettes, in fact, the exact same brand that had been found at the crime scene and had been in trouble with the law before. In the ensuing trial, Cater denied having anything to do with the murder of Mary Lou Arruda, although he would eventually be found guilty for a separate 1968 incident in which he was convicted of assault with intent to rape, assault and battery with a dangerous weapon, and kidnapping of a young woman from Andover, Massachusetts. He was sentenced to life in prison, but to this day denies having anything to do with the Arruda case. Another mysterious crime revolves around a place known as the Ice Shack, a small building constructed for the purpose of logging during the 1940s. It has long been determined that cult activities and drug dealing had been carried out in the structure, but one series of murders connected to the Ice Shack stands out in particular, that of a string of vicious killings by a pimp, an alleged Satan satanic cult leader by the name of Carl Drew. Drew was known for using his Satanism to keep his prostitutes in line, threatening them with human sacrifice or worse if they stepped out of line. On October 13, 1979, the brutally mutilated corpse of prostitute Donna Levesque was found, and two alleged witnesses, prostitutes Karen Marsden and Robin Murphy, explained later that it had been a ritual killing carried out by Drew near the ice shack. Marston had allegedly been repulsed by the violence and sought to break free from the cult. It just would not work out well for her. 
On February 8, 1980, she would be tortured and killed in, the, in an alleged satanic sacrifice. Her corpse had allegedly been brutalized in a most disturbing manner. Marsden had allegedly had her hair and fingernails ripped out while she was still alive, and she had then been savagely beaten over the head with stones until Drew had then snapped her neck. Her head was then cut off and kicked around by other cult members. Her fingers had been removed to steal her rings, and a large X had been carved across her chest. This is the story that Murphy, who was implicated as an accomplice, would eventually tell the police. But the only signs of Marsden's body were some skull fragments and pieces of clothing that were discovered in the forest on April 13th of 1980. Murphy would eventually testify in court to her part in the murders as well as Drew's brutality and would receive a life sentence. Drew, who had also been implicated in the killing of Levesque and suspected of at least one other murder of a prostitute, was found guilty of the murder of Marsden on March 13, 1981, and he would receive further prison time when he was convicted of assault with a deadly weapon on yet another prostitute. There have been other murders in Freetown State Forest as well, including a transient who was apparently mistaken for an undercover police officer, and two men who were found mysteriously shot to death and abandoned in the forest in 2001. Satanists and cultists are said to favor this location for their dark deeds, not only because of its remote, out-of-the-way location, but also due to its undercurrent of dark energy that they believe they can tap into to power their rituals and sacrifices. But what causes this forest to attract such violence and suffering? What is it about this place that causes so many weird phenomena to congregate here? There are those who would point to the area's dark history of pain and loss. It is said that the native spirits of the forest were angered by the stealing of this land and the massacres and atrocities that took place here, thereby cursing the forest until the land returns to its rightful owners, the Wampanoag people. Others say it was the native elders themselves who cursed the land while under the shower, shadow of oppression and inequality. The numerous Indian burial grounds that are said to be scattered throughout the forest certainly give gravity to this eerie story. Or maybe there are just some places that lie at a crossroads between our world and another, or which lie on some mysterious vortex that imbues them with certain energies. Perhaps there are just places that bump up against a thin spot between realities or are somehow magnets for the bizarre. Or maybe these are things we are not meant to ever know the answers to. Whatever the answers are, it's abundantly clear that something is just not quite right with Freetown State Forest and the larger Bridgewater Triangle of which it is a part of. And with that, my darlings, we've come to the end of our episode. I thank you for joining me here today, and I hope you'll take some time to reach out to me and share your thoughts on what you think of today's story. You can always reach me and the show at darkenigmapodcast at gmail.com. And if you have a suggestion for a future show, you just want to tell me what you think, you're bored and you need somebody to talk to, drop me a line because I do reply to every single email. And on that note... Well, that's all the time I have for you this evening. And I thank you for joining me here on Renegade Talk Radio. And you know what? Don't forget to tune in next time. See you, my heathens. I love you.
We don't sugarcoat shit. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio.